I'm Paul Ciampanelli. I'm Kirk Pinchon. This is the podcast where we pick a music-related topic, and then we watch video clips about that topic. And if you go to musicraygun.com, you can check out our video playlists and watch all the clips we talk about. Right, Kirk? Sure can. That's the show. That's what we do. That's it. Yeah. End of the show. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Uh, See ya! Yeah, that's Music Raygun. <laughs> The only podcast that's not on a network <laughs> and doesn't have advertising. We're the only one. We're the us. only ones. Keeping it real. And we're never going to stop not being successful. Yeah. I was revisiting an old podcast recently that hasn't had a new episode since 2013. Oh, wow. And it had no ads anywhere in it. And it was not part of a network. And there was no talk of any sponsors or anything. I was like, I, this is like a flashback. <laughs> okay. We're retro. Yeah. 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 Retro. Uh, I like the episodes we do where we focus on one person, and yes. that's what we're doing this time. Yes, someone you, someone a casual music fan might not realize is as influential as he is if they've heard of him at all. Mm-hmm. Todd Rundgren. I run Rund Rundgren Rundgren. Yeah, because you say it fast, I just say Rundgren. So it's Rundgren. Todrick Rundgren. Todrick. No, I don't think so. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's really Todd's cool. just one of those names that seems yes. like it should be short for something, but it's not. It's not. But uh, if it, but there actually there is someone named Todrick. Todrick Hall. The oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, I am probably in that camp of the casual uh, Todd Rundgren Rundgren fan. Mm-hmm. Um, here's my thing on that. I realized because you said you wanted to do this a bit ago, and so I was yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll look into some, and I was like, "Oh, I've been thinking of the wrong person for <laughs> decades." Oh, in my head, I had put Todd Rundgren mm-hmm. as some sort of mix of like a guy that was in the Allman Brothers band. <laughs> nope. And Rick Derringer. Rick Derringer is, is way closer to it. And yeah. I think Rick Derringer was an original member of Todd Rundgren's, one of his bands. Okay. So, yeah. In my head, it was kind of a blend of that. Yeah. And so whenever people would be like, oh, yeah, Todd Rundgren is really influential and he's really good. I was like, sure. Okay. <laughs> because in my head, it was this amalgamation of wrongness. Yeah. And then when you brought it up and I started diving, I was like, oh, no, no. I... Yeah. Like, the songs that he has done, I was like, that's Todd? Todd did that? Yeah. He has a solo career. Yes. He's been in a couple bands, and he's been producing other artists almost as long as he's been recording his own music. It's it's crazy yeah. how many people he's been with. I'll name some of them, because we don't have time to talk about all yes. of them. He produced Bad Out of Hell, Meatloaf's huge breakthrough album. Oh, I thought it was that other... Or Bernie? It's not, oh, I guess he wrote it. And is there a guy that partnered with... Are you thinking Meatloaf? of Bernie Taupin, who yeah. wrote with Elton John? No, I'm thinking... I'm wrong. Oh, I, don't, I don't know who else worked yeah. on Bat Out of Hell, but Todd Rundgren. Okay. It. Maybe I shouldn't have said that first, because neither of us even liked it. <laughs> I was going to say. But it was a huge album. Oh, massive. Massive, massive. album. Uh, he produced uh, one of the Patti Smith's group's album, because Patti Smith and him have been close since before Patti wow. Smith was even famous. Uh, he produced... The New York Dolls. We will talk about them. I like the New York Dolls. I mean, yeah. I don't hate the New York Dolls. I don't dive deep, but yeah. 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 Uh, who else did he produce? Uh, XTC. I like XTC. Yeah. yeah. They're good. Uh, he produced everybody because not only is he musically very gifted, but from very early on in his career, he's and throughout it, he's always been like super interested in technology. Mm-hmm. And he's just been an early adopter of everything. Yeah. So... It's always sort of put him at the forefront of groundbreaking music production. Dumb question. Yeah. Is he dead? Is no. he still alive? He's still alive. Does he still work? Yeah. Oh, fucking yeah. That's great. Yeah, Todd Rundgren is totally still around. Wow. But he's never been like... He's never been huge. A superstar. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Although I heard someone recently say, his big hit is Hello, It's Me. Yes. Which we will sort of talk about yeah. later. Uh, and recently, I can't remember where, but someone described... Uh, they said like someone asked me like if someone asked me what the early 70s were like 
I would just tell them to watch a clip of Todd Rundgren doing Hello, It's Me on the Midnight Special. <laughs> yeah. He's sitting at a piano and he's wearing like some weird costume and peacock eye makeup and he's doing Hello, It's Me, which is a real yeah. sort of mellow ballad. Yeah. He's like, that's what 1972 was. I, I, that, that makes sense. Was, yeah. yeah. That, that makes that sense. Was, that was his biggest hit. Yeah. I mean, he's a real musician's musician. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. Um, but he started in the late 60s with a band, not as a solo act. A right. band called Naz. Or Don't The Naz, depending oh. on... Yeah. I only vaguely know by name. Yeah. Uh, Hello, It's Me is actually originally a Naz song. Oh, okay. It was a B-side to their first single. And then Todd Rundgren re-recorded it on, on an album okay. later on his solo career, and then it became a big hit. Yeah. But it's the B-side to Open My Eyes from their self-titled debut album in 1968. And we're going to watch the music video for Open My Eyes. All right. Uh, which is a real cheesy music video that looks oh, like they made in someone's yeah, backyard for this $2. Is, uh, this is uh, the uh, videos before they were videos. Yes, I exactly. I love that. I love videos before videos. So just to describe the clip before I even start it, it's called Open My Eyes, and it features the members of Naz. Kind of playing that game you played when you were a little kid where you walk around with your eyes closed to simulate, like, what if I were blind? (laughs) And then they just, like, trip over shit. Yeah. Uh, And then there are girls there for some reason. Because. Right. It's very late 60s. Yes, it is. Psychedelic garage rock. I don't think I know this song at all. No? It wasn't a huge hit, but it's a classic. God, here they are. We're blind! Oh, this is wacky. It's borderline offensive. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, this... Yeah. Not necessarily the sound, yeah. but the look and feel, this could be a video from 92 of an, uh, an alt band. Yeah, yeah, one of those, like, throwback yeah. uh, Paisley Underground band yeah. or something. Yeah. And so Todd's on the keyboards, I'm assuming. No, he's playing guitar. No shit, okay. Yeah. But he's not lead singing, or is he lead singing? I don't think he is, no. Okay. No. But he did write this song. That's him. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, wearing a lot of fringe. Yes. And a lot of... Uh... And the, like, drummer's drumming with, like, weird tomahawks. Yeah, I don't know what that... Uh, it's a, it's a those... look. I don't know if that's a look or an actual... You know, some, like you can play with dr- brushes yeah. or something. He's playing these weird. Oh wait, no, oh, he's playing because with... now he's playing with like sticks and leaves. Yeah, he's playing with the bouquet yeah. of flowers because yeah, yeah. they're wacky. No man, they're psychedelic. I mean, they're wacky. <laughs> they're coming off way like aside from the uh, virtuosity of the musicianship. Yeah, this could be a monkey's video. Totally could yeah. be. Yes, but I think you're like. The, just like the video could also be from the 90s, the song to me sounds both dated and not at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I can see that. And so he was the driving force of that. Totally. Okay. His solo career started because, like, he's not a trained musician. Oh, and wow. he wasn't a trained producer either, but even early on when he started making records with Naz, he kind of figured out, like, this lazy-ass engineer is just kind of blowing us off and not giving us the sound that mm-hmm. we want. So he kind of just, after after the producer mixed their album, he's like, I'm going to redo it. Wow. And he just sort of taught himself, like, right away. And then he kind of became too controlling with the band, and infighting started. And of course. It wasn't two years before. He's like, I'll go solo. He's because, like, it's fine. Yeah. Oh, there he is right there. Yeah, that's him too. Crossing his eyes like a weirdo. <laughs> like a weirdo. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's, uh, yeah. That's Naz. That's, That's Naz. how he got started. N-A-Z-Z. Yes. Named yeah. after a Yardbird song called The Nazar Blue. Oh, okay. Yeah. Look at that. You learned something new. Yeah. I had no idea. Uh, okay. Let's move on to a non-Todd Rundgren song, uh-huh. but a big hit that you probably know. Yeah. We recently talked about Harry Nelson. Yes. And you realized you love Harry Nelson. <laughs> I love a song of Harry Nelson very much. Right. Why, why do you like that song? Because it's on uh, the wonderful TV show called Russian Doll. That's right. So its appearance on a TV show made yes. it like wicked popular again decades yes. after it came out. I mentioned that because the same thing happened to this next song. 
when the series finale of uh, Breaking Bad aired. Oh, yeah, yeah. At the end of the episode, yes. they used a song called Baby Blue by Badfinger. Yes, I knew this song, but the yeah. Breaking Bad solidified. Yeah, yeah, unlike the Nilsson song, which was never a single or a hit, yeah. this was sort of a radio yeah. staple, but got another big boost yeah. from the TV show. And it's on an album that Todd Rundgren produced. Oh, look at that. Actually, Todd Rundgren produced half of that album, or part of it. Mm-hmm. George Harrison produced the other half of it. And the other hit on it is Day After Day, which you also probably know. Yeah, it sounds familiar. But George Harrison produced that song, that record. Was he just a fan of Badfinger, or they were just well, like... Well, Badfinger was the first act on Apple Records, the Beatles. Oh, the, the Beatles. Beatles so they were associated oh, okay. with the Beatles. Okay. The Beatles basically like discovered them and put them on their label. And then they're like, hey, Todd, record half this album. Yeah, because he was already becoming a well-known oh, okay. producer. And I don't know the exact circumstances of why... A couple of different producers worked on that album. But George Harrison produced Day After Day, and Todd Rundgren produced Baby okay. Blue. He produced this record. Uh, but this is a clip of them performing it on a show called Rollin' on the River, which was hosted <laughs> by Kenny Rogers, which was. Oh like my a, God. Yeah, so he's going to introduce Badfinger, and they're going to do Baby That's Blue. That's a very interesting. Oh, wow. Pause for a second. Yeah. Kenny Rogers right there. Looks like Bob Seger. I was gonna say, oh god damn it! Oh, uh, a very out of shape, bearded, long haired Josh Brolin. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Holy god, that's crazy. How when when you describe him as like bearded and out of shape, you make him sound a lot messier and less cool than he looks. <laughs> I'm doing that for a reason. He he looks super awesome if you ask me. <laughs> 1972 Kenny Rogers. Well, those glasses are fucking great. Well, yeah, he's got a you know. They're a large shadow, but here's a group with so much talent and originality. They've established their own identity. They come into their own as one of the world's top groups. <laughs> Josh Brolin. Bad finger. Bad terrible band name. I've always I'm, hated. I'm going to disagree and say I like the name Badfinger. Yeah. I enjoy the name Badfinger more than their music. You don't like this song? Nah. Oh, this is a this is this is a power pop originator. Yeah, I get and so that. So is Todd Rundgren. And I know a lot of people uh, dig bad. I know I have friends who dig Badfinger, and I get that. I get that this song is a classic. This is not my. This is not my thing. One of the most tragic bands of all time. Oh, do tell. Oh, you don't know this? No. Story? Well, Pete Ham, who's the singer and lead songwriter, mm-hmm. when the band still, like, their, their manager stole money from them and they mm-hmm. had a lot of financial issues and infighting. The story of any band. Yes, exactly. But Pete Ham hanged himself. Ooh. Uh, not, not too long after, you know, they only had a few albums yeah. and he hanged himself. And then, ten years later, almost to the day or something, the bass player also hanged himself. Like, also in his garage. He basically, like, copycatted. Oh, my God. Pete Ham's suicide. So, yeah. Things add, ended badly for Badfinger. Wow. Rough. Yeah. Rough. Yeah. Now, Badfinger, obviously, they're from Britain. Yes. But Todd yeah. Rundgren is not. No, he's from Philadelphia. He is from Philly. Oh. Yeah. I would have put him in the Philadelphia episode that we did recently, but I was saving him for yeah. his own episode. You have to, because yeah. we were going to have his own. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I love this song. I think Badfinger's great. I love Day After Day. I've I love No Matter What. I don't think I know No Matter What. I'm sure if you played Day After Day, I'd be like, oh, okay. But I'm yeah. sure if I played No Matter What, you'd yeah. say okay, too. But This is, uh, yeah, it's the kind of music that I, I, I understand why people like it. It's just, it's not for me. It's not your thing. I can't shit on it, because yeah. I understand, like, oh, yeah, this is legit. But it's that it's that 70 sound I don't like. It's yeah, it's the seventy sound I love. Too much guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys, take out one guitar. Yeah, but no excessive solos, no, shredding, and all worst. that shit. I yeah. Uh, I also just like that there was a riverboat themed music show, variety show hosted by Kenny Rogers called Rolling on the River. Yeah. Never heard of it before. I never heard it before. I didn't know Kenny Rogers. I mean, I was too young. I was like two. Yeah. I didn't know he was big in '72. I thought it was more like. Mid to late seventies, where he was a thing. Yeah, I don't know. When did the Gambler come out? That was mid late seventies. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Coward of the County. Well, when I originally found this clip, the notation that the person on YouTube puts that it was on the Kenny Rogers show, oh, and because okay. I do my research, 
I checked the Internet Movie Database at Kenny Rogers' profile, and there was no The Kenny Rogers Show. So I had to do a little digging to even find what show it was on. I guess it wasn't that big. It was on for a few years. It It had like two or three seasons. Wow. But it also made me realize, like, between this and Soul Train and the Midnight Special and Don Kirshner's Rock Concert yeah. and all those shows, we don't have, like, music-dedicated shows anymore. No, it doesn't, because people can get their music anywhere. Yeah, but you don't get to see the performance. Oh, I agree. It's, it's awful. Yeah. Yeah. I want there to be one, maybe Saturday Night Live you could go and see performances. Yeah, that's true. But it's just like two songs per episode and, and it's not all music. And you're, I mean, I'm, you're rarely not going just for the music. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Can they put one show back on network TV or any channel or Netflix where it's like two or three current groups that are coming up and you book them all on the episode and they each do a few songs and then another musician hosts each episode. That's a great idea, Paul. Just bring back that format. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? People will watch that. Yeah. Well, you and I definitely <laughs> would. <laughs> we would. But I feel like people would. Yeah. And I don't know why that format died out. I mean, we still we have the singing competitions. We've got people love American yeah. Idol and the voice and stuff. They want to see unknowns yeah. get, get their big break, and that's fine. But I want to see a show that's just a concert on your TV once a week. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's so, everyone has their own lane now with music because you can get it anywhere. There's no, there's not a lot of common ground anymore. That's true, but maybe there's a way to do it in the Netflix era where you just have just a mashup of different genres. Yeah, if you did like Something to expose so that you can get out of your niche. Yeah. Because, because here's the other thing is concerts are still inaccessible they're expensive. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Not everyone can afford to go to Coachella. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not everyone wants to go to Coachella. Yeah, so just put it on TV once yeah. a week. Yeah. I would love for that to come back. Yeah. Especially since it hasn't existed in my lifetime. That's true. You don't know what it's like. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, anyway, there's a little rant. All right. Uh, let's watch another band that Todd Rundgren produced on another great music TV show from the 70s. Let's do that. We're going to watch a clip. From the Old Grey Whistle Test, which was a British I show. know of the name. Yeah. I have heard the name. It was, a, it was a famous yeah. type of show like that. We're going to see the New York Dolls, yeah. who I mentioned. Is this our first showing of the New York Dolls? I did you put them in punk? I wonder. I might not have, because they're more like proto-punk. Yeah, I don't think you did. Um, But they're, one, they're in my top five, possibly top three favorite bands I of figured. all time. They're I the best band. Yeah. Uh, and the story with Todd Rundgren producing them was they just needed a producer, but at the time they were sort of like losers, you know, like they were, they had a huge following in New York city Mm -hmm. and they had like this cult audience, but because they were proto-punk and they were really sloppy, like players and partiers and drunks and just this messy sort of proto-punk band, like no one wanted to work with them. Mm -hmm. So the studio got... Todd Rundgren because he was always so sort of no-nonsense, get-the-job-done, sort of whip-him-into-shape type. But he was also like, you know, he's a consummate musician and a Mm -hmm. consummate producer. And at this point in 1973, in his solo career, he's starting to get into like Prague territory. So the music that the Dolls were making was, to him, like so beneath him. And he had no time for their like whole thing. I didn't, he didn't have time for their shenanigans. Right. Yeah. Which isn't to say, like, they didn't butt heads. He didn't, yeah. And they didn't have a problem with him. And by all accounts, he did a great job producing yeah. their debut album. But he was just kind of like, let's just get this done. Let me get, like, he, didn't, he wasn't there because he was like a huge Dolls fan and wanted to work yeah. with them. He's like, I'm not going to explore. We're going to do this. We're going right. to make it great. We're going to be professionals and get it done. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but he was wrong because they're the best. <laughs> they're the best. Uh, this is their... This is... I want to say maybe my favorite New York Dolls song, but it, they're all think, my favorite. This I don't. Is, I mean, I only. I only, I don't think I know this song. This is looking for a kiss. I might. Which they start where they swipe a line from that opening line from the Shangri Las. Give him a great big kiss. Oh, okay. Um. So you'll see a very young. When I say I'm in love, you best believe I'm in love. L U V. You don't know the song? I'm trying to think. 
They were doing like the whole androgynous hair yeah. metal thing 15 years before hair metal. But the music is good, which hair metal isn't. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't listen to the New York Dolls, big shock. Yeah. But every time I hear or think of them, I go, they're fucking cool. They're the they're coolest so yeah. cool. I mean, people talk about how, um, Steven Tyler and Joe Perry were like the next iteration of the Mick and Keith dynamic. Oh, yeah. Well, Aerosmith sucks. Yeah, they both. David Johansson and Johnny Thunders were the real evolution of the Mick okay, and Keith. Okay, so dynamic. that's the guitarist named Johnny, Johnny Thunders. Thunders. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Sylvain Sylvain. Okay. The other guitar player. Yeah, they were always like, they were really cool. And they were photographed really good. Yeah. Their photos were always like, oh, they're just striking and cool. And yeah. So very New York. Very New York. Yeah. Like, hair metal was way more glam androgyny. Yeah. The New York dolls are like, we'll like tease our hair and put on makeup and stuff, but like still look like, you know, fucked up. Yeah. Still like dirty. It's sloppy. Yeah. 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 It's crazy to me to think that it was only 15 years after this that David Johansson was doing that Buster Poindexter Yeah, show. which <laughs> I hated. You know, like, hot, hot, hot. Oh, boy. All <laughs> that. How do you go from this to hot, hot, hot? Yeah. And how do you go to this, from this to, like, now I'm playing opposite Bill Murray and Scrooge. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which is not great. And then even after that, when he was the lead in the movie adaptation of Car 54, Where Are You? Oh, my God, that's right. (laughs) That's right. Oh, Jesus. But David Johansson rules. And now the New York Dolls are back together. Oh, are they really? Well, kind of. Only two of them are alive. Oh, okay. uh, (laughs) Is Johnny... What's his name? No, Johnny Thunders died in 91. Uh, Guess how? Did he hang himself? No, heroin. Oh, okay. Uh, Sylvain Sylvain is still Okay And they reformed A couple years ago And, and made some new albums And Todd Rundgren Produced the new stuff. No way Yep Do yeah. they dress like they did Or are they dressed like Kind of Old guys Kind of They're old guys But they're still doing like the. They still dress like punks Oh cool Or dress like punks again Yeah David Johansson's not going out. Like he's got long hair and shit He's not going out there With the pompadour And the punks <laughs> <laughs> Thank god Yeah Yeah He's super cool. I mean, they're all cool. Yeah, they're cool, and they're like cool in like they have this they have this energy that's not like manic, but there's still this like intensity about them. Yeah, but it's not like manic and in your face. It's like grounded in something. Yeah, no one no one created the blueprint for punk more than them, mm-hmm. except for maybe the Stooges. Even but, more than the Ramones? No. Oh, yeah. I mean, the oh, Ra- well, Ramones is the first punk band, mm-hmm. but but the Dolls laid the foundation. Okay. The, the Ramones follow the Dolls, mm-hmm. you know. So do you think Todd Rundgren, obviously he was like, this music's much easier than what I'm used to doing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> do you really think he was like, oh, fuck this music, or... Was he like, oh, it's, it's fine. I think he probably didn't sneer at the music itself so mm-hmm. much as their whole, like, attitude and aesthetic. Oh, okay. He wasn't necessarily down for the persona of it. Right. Okay. Right. And the, you know, the drunkenness and the partying yeah. and all okay. the messing around. There's a, there's a story that may be apocryphal, but I hope it's not, that they were, like, recording a take... And then he stopped them playing. And, he, like, the story's, like, he barely left the booth. He didn't really interact with them. He just kind of did his job. Oh, okay. But they started a take, and then he told him to stop, and he walked out of the booth because the bass amp wasn't even, the bass cabinet wasn't <laughs> even plugged in. So he just went over, didn't even say anything, <laughs> plugged it in, and then went back in the booth and was like, all right, take two. <laughs> you like, dummies. That, yeah, like, just, you know, yeah. just like. It's like uh, he's dealing uh, with children. Yeah, he was babysitting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's all. That was the vibe, I think. I wasn't there, but I read about it. I thought you were there. No, God, I wish I was. You're like, oh, man. Dude, if I could go back and be in the studio for any album being made, I'd probably pick the New York Dolls first album. Was this from their first album? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Did Todd Ronger do any of their other albums? I don't think he, No, I don't know who did the second oh, Okay. I don't think it was him. No. Uh, but let's uh, hear some more Todd Rundgren music. All right. Now that we've heard some other artists. Uh, you're going to hate this. But it's such a good example of 
uh, how eclectic Todd Rundgren was. Okay. So this is, he, he was on the Midnight Special a few times. Mm-hmm. This is not the same episode where he did Hello, It's Me. Mm-hmm. This is a couple years later in 1975. And we're going to see him do a song called Born to Synthesize. I don't know this. Which you'd think might be full of synthesizers. But it, nope, it's, it's an not... acapella performance. Oh boy, really? From his proggy album Initiation. <laughs> which, to give you a sense of Initiation, the entire second side of that album, the whole B-side of that LP, is one 35-minute instrumental piece called A Treatise on Cosmic Fire. Oh, good God. But this, this is the... <laughs> but this is from Side A. All right. This is... The born, good side. Born to Synthesize. All right. And this is him doing it on the Midnight Special with some trippy psychedelic... Where effects. apparently you could just do... Oh, my God. This is awful. <laughs> this is awful. He was getting into, like, Eastern mysticism. But... You don't need to, Todd. Wow. But, but do you see why he was, like, not having the New York Dolls yes. at this point? <laughs> yeah. At this point, he's like, I've kind of progressed from that. Except the New York Dolls rule, and this sucks. This sucks. <laughs> like, you, what, you don't even, like, who listens to this and goes, yeah. People in yeah. 1975 who were on drugs. Yes. That's it. Yeah. The other thing is... Up until the early 70s, he did no drugs and never drank. Oh, okay. And then he started smoking a little pot. And he's like, And hey. just like all college freshmen who smoke pot for the first time. <laughs> he's like, I've unearthed a yeah, new chapter really in my it. life. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't like this, but I think it's a good example of like, this dude just tries everything. He yes. does a little of it I all. mean, the fact that he can, you know, produce... The New York Dolls and do, uh, you know, the, the, the stuff in the 60s. It's so different. Yeah. It's so different. And stuff like... He's experimental. Yeah. And then he can be like... He also seems like he can, like, just uh, pull out a pop song. He's like, I'll just do a pop I, I want, song. Yes. I want you to focus on this for a minute. Okay. And while you're watching and listening, just think to yourself... This is the same guy who in less than 10 years is going to do Bang the Drum All Day. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's insanity. That's insanity. Or I don't think this is on there. I didn't know that he sang this. Uh, can we Can we still be friends? Yeah. I was like, yep. until we started doing this episode, I didn't know that was him. Yeah. I thought it was just some one-hit wonder. And that was like, that's Todd Rundgren? Yeah, he's done. That's like a 70s straight up like pop single. Yep. And then there's this. But, you know, he's in good voice, and he's trying different vocal effects, and he's probably using just effects technology on this that hadn't been used before. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I don't like the result, but all the respect for trying. And, and you know, somebody's got to break the ground. Sometimes it's ground that didn't need to be broken. <laughs> no. But you don't know that. if you don't break it first. <laughs> he broke it. Yeah. He broke the shit out of it. This is also fully three and a half minutes long. Oh, boy. He took a sledgehammer to whatever sound he was doing. And, yeah. and by the way, another reminder, this was on network TV That's in prime time. Some, and, and some exec was like, sure. Some exec was like, oh, Todd Rundgren. Yeah, that guy? Yeah, he can, sure. He can do it. Yeah. That's fine. Now we have streaming and all these different niche cable channels, and you couldn't find a programmer to be like, yeah, we'll put this on television. No. You wouldn't put this on a, a, a late night talk show. They'd be like, We're, you're not doing this. Yeah. You wouldn't put this on Saturday Night Live. Lord Mugs would be like, mm, no. Right. Because who would want to watch? No. I barely <laughs> wanted to get through that. Oh, my God. That was Todd Rundgren. He's, he was born to synthesize. I don't know if you knew that fact. Ah, oh, boy. <laughs> I'm glad what's coming next is yeah. a good um, well what's coming next is we're going to listen to a treatise on cosmic fire <laughs> there's no video for it I thought we could just listen Did to you it you talk about it yeah Ooh. no this the next clip is one that you actually picked yes which is very interesting to me because we already mentioned hello it's me it's hello yes. it's me but when we were talking about pulling this episode together I mentioned that to you and you said, oh, yeah, that was a huge hit for the Isley Brothers. I didn't know that Todd Rundgren did that. Yeah. I didn't know the Isley Brothers did it. That's so weird. Because to me, this is an Isley Brothers song. I didn't know until I until we were doing this, I didn't know Todd Rundgren did it. Yeah. And then when he did it, 
I went back there. I was like, oh, he covered the Isley Brothers. Yeah, no. no, the Isley Brothers covered, covered Todd him. Rundgren. Yeah. And that is mind-blowing to me. The Isley Brothers covered Todd Rundgren. That's unbelievable. Uh, and, and this is on, like, Isley Brothers' greatest hits. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's 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 my fault for not knowing it because it was a huge hit. Yeah, and there's uh, there's lots of other covers which I'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. But a lot of the covers are clearly like covers of the Isleys version. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes, I know one that you're talking yeah. about. So this is the Isley Brothers on Soul Train. Yes, and here's the interesting thing about this, which I don't know if you clocked when you sent me the clip. Mm. But Soul Train famously, like American Bandstand, had all the acts lip sync to their records. Yeah, this is live. The Isley Brothers did yeah. lip sync. This I think, is live. Yeah, I think the Isley Brothers are like, no, we're, we're good. Yeah. We got it. We got it. Uh, I mean, this is played still yeah. on R&B stations and still has so many covers that... For every cover, I was like, oh, yeah, they're covering the Isley Brothers. Yeah. Well, you you can tell because the covers do this little intro bit where he's yes. repeating hello over yeah. and over again in this way. Yeah. Which Todd doesn't do. Todd's is... Uh, he just goes right into Todd's it. Todd's is like a rocker compared to this. Yeah. It's like a rock and roll version. Yeah. It's not quite as soulful. No. But it's good, and I like it. I've never been that big a fan of Hello, It's oh, Me. I like it. I love this, this one. This is amazing. Yeah. That's why I think for me it was a reverse... Where I was like, oh, it's the Isley Brothers, Hello to Me, it's awesome. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, Todd Runger did a cover, that's cool, okay. Yeah. No, I was way off this. <laughs> yeah, Naz yeah. did it originally in 1968. Did they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what you talked about. Yeah, that. I'll have to play the Naz version yeah. for you later. Yeah, this is way Isley Brothers, we're going to take our time. Yep. We're not rushing this at all. Uh, other artists who have recorded this song, some of them maybe you know, some of yep. them maybe you don't, maybe you know them all. Mary J. Blige. Mm-hmm. Matthew Sweet and Susanna Hoffs. As a duet? Oh, they put out a couple albums together, all covers. I need to dive into that. They put out at least two volumes of albums called Under the Covers that are all cover versions. I'm diving into that tomorrow. I have no idea. I think there are three now. Yes, they did it. I bet you those are good. Gerald Levert did it. Yep. That's definitely an Isley Brothers cover. Yep. Yep. Uh, And the one he did, he did it for the soundtrack to the Mod Squad movie in the 90s. Oh, God, that movie's terrible. (laughs) Uh, John Legend does it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, his, his, I think, is like sort of his own version. It's not definitely the Isley's version. Uh, Erica Badu and Andre 3000, I guess when they were a couple, did it as a duet. Oh, okay. But theirs is like a total reinterpretation. Yeah, I don't think I know that. Probably based more on the Isley Brothers version, but <laughs> but really it's its own thing. Yeah. And like, Andre sort of goes off into kind of, I don't want to call it a rap, it's more of like a spoken, spoken word, word sort of thing. Wow. Uh, but, yeah. There's another band that we covered that did it. Um, we, I think when we, what, did we do 94 or 93 when we do Years? I think so, yeah. Uh, we, uh, uh, Groove Theory. The, oh. the group that did Tell Me on that same album right. is Hello, It's Me. Yeah. And it's it's their version of the Isley Brothers version. I mean, it's become a, a pop rock standard. Yes. It's just one of those songs. Yeah. Just the fact that it came from Todd Rundgren's mind. Yeah. Is, is unbelievable. Well, that's the, I mean, that's really what we're talking about is Todd Rundgren's mind. Yes. For better or worse, the guy is a creative genius. Yes. And when when this... When I learned this, I was like, oh, I get Todd Rundgren. I get why he's important. Yeah. Because this is this is a classic. Yeah. He wrote it when he was like 19. Really? Yeah. It's such a grown-up song. Yeah. It's such a it's such a big boy song. <laughs> he fucking did it when he was 19. And the crazy thing, I mean, you know how it is, like, you'll hear a song, and then the first version that you hear, whether it's the original or not, becomes your bass yes. line. Yeah. And then you don't like other versions as well yeah. as the one you know best. I've known the Todd Rundgren version of Hello, It's Me since I was a kid. And as soon as I heard the Isley Brothers version for the first time a, a week or two ago, I was like, oh, this is my favorite version. <laughs> oh, good. I like this way yeah. better than Todd this Rundgren's is, version. But it's st- I'm not, it's also fascinating that the Isley would be like, hey, that Todd Rundgren song? That's a good song. It Let's is a good cover song. it. Yeah. Like, the fact that they knew enough to be like, we can make our version special, too. It's a soulful ballad that didn't have enough soul in it yet, and you can just see like Ron Isley being like, yeah. "Oh, I know exactly what to I do." Know with that. Ex- he laid he laid the groundwork. Yeah, watch what we do with it. Yeah, yeah. It's a great little ballad. Great stuff. Now we're gonna see a clip of a song from the same album that "Hello Is Me" is on. Mm-hmm. Something anything, which is 
one of Todd Rundgren's biggest solo albums. Okay. Which came out in 71 or 2, I think. Okay. But this is a TV performance from 78 when he was on the Mike Douglas show with Utopia. <laughs> Utopia was sort of his prog rock band. Okay. I, the fact that he's on the Mike Douglas show, which I vaguely knew as a kid. Yeah. It's like Merv Griffin. Yeah. Like after it's that it was it was that decades uh, Ellen, right? It was yeah. a, it was an afternoon show. Yeah, exactly. But they had there's a lot of cool clips from Mike Douglas show and they yeah. had cool musical acts. But he says a little something before he starts the song where he goes, "This is an example of the latest trend called power pop," and the way he says it, you can <laughs> tell like. Yeah, like the knack is about to happen mm. and power pop is becoming a thing in the late 70s. But this song is considered like one of the original power pop songs and it's kind of and he's doing it now 5 years later and he's kind of saying like yeah, I basically invented this thing that you're all getting into. So he's they're calling it power pop, but it's yeah. a prog rock band. Yeah, he's doing it. This is not on a Utopia album. Oh, okay. He didn't form Utopia until after something anything. But okay. they're doing a song from something anything. Okay, okay. But it, the, the YouTube video at least says it's Utopia. Yeah, okay. Um, but this this is my favorite Todd Rundgren Okay. Song. I don't know if you'll like I, it. I don't even know if I know it. But it's, it, this is one of the original Power Pop songs. Okay. It's called Couldn't I Just Tell You. <laughs> he does have a little, like, little stank on Yeah. It. Now that cool keyboard part isn't in the original, oh, but I, I like say, it. I, I like, like the it. keyboard. I'm digging the keyboard a lot. No, I don't think I know this. No, it wasn't a big hit. No. It's one of those songs that like music nerds like, you know? This feels like... Like Badfinger? No, it's, I wasn't going to say that. In my head, it feels like this could have been on the Fast Times original High Santa. Yeah, I don't know why I say that. It just feels it. Cause a lot of like it's power pop. This yeah. is way straight. He's oh. white. This is so it, power pop. Yeah, but power pop hadn't really been codified yeah. when it came out. It's yeah. People will say no matter what by Badfingers is maybe the first power pop oh. song. Oh, I've heard. Yeah. People will credit this one. Yeah. Um, what's that song by the Raspberries? Uh, that one gets name checked yeah, a lot. Yeah, I know it's shot, but but this one's my favorite. This I is good. I would probably like to hear the original because I'm not digging his voice on this one. Yeah, he sings prettier sometimes. Yeah, which is interesting because he doesn't sound like this. Yeah, the studio version's a little yeah. better, but but the song is this is a good song. Yeah, this is a good power pop. Better than uh, Born to Synthesize. <laughs> yes, and the drummer is fascinating. Oh, I, had, I never really paid attention to him. He's just like, he looks like a 70s dad. I like Todd's muscle shirt is very 70s. <laughs> yeah, it's very 70s. Oh, look at that little uh, effect, visual effect. The, yeah, the doubling. Cool, cool solo. I wonder if he played all his instruments. Uh, yeah, oh, guitar, totally. Yeah, I, no. I, on something, anything, he literally played every That's instrument. I, it figures he would. Yeah. Because I'm like... He's that kind of guy. Like yeah. a prince. Yeah. He knows piano. He knows guitar. Yeah. Then I'm like, well, then he obviously did bass and then just figured out drums on his own. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Ellen doesn't have this. No. You know what I mean? This, this is no. Yeah. Is, is the drummer wearing, like, the deepest V or is he wearing a bathrobe? I thought it was a bathrobe. It looks like a robe. Or yeah. it's like a cardigan sweater with no shirt. <laughs> that could be. Which is also a fine, like, oh, look at that. Oh, that's little... cool. They're putting on a show with yeah. those, those high kicks. Yeah, I love that he could go through his prog rock phase and then be yeah. like, yeah, but I can still do this. This is really good. Yeah. This is really good. This is just pop rock. Yeah. This is just, this is my favorite thing. This is good. Yeah, I, I enjoy this. Yeah. See, now, my thing is... I want to hear the original, but I want the synth on the original. Yeah, it, it might be there, but just not as prominent. Okay. Right, <laughs> Mike, Hell at the yeah. end. That was good. That yeah, was good I'm surprised you liked that as much yeah. as you did. 
Um, Very catchy. Yeah. Now let's move on to not Todd Rundgren's biggest hit, but probably at this point his most well-known song. Yeah. The National Anthem of Dads. (laughs) This is how I know the song. (laughs) I feel like every dad loves bang the drum all day. I don't particularly love it. I just, it's the song that when the first thing that came to my head that I knew Todd Rundgren did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have to admit, I, I like this song. I, I don't hate it. The reason why I I picked it is because in the 70s and early 80s, this was the song they played on rock stations at Friday at 5 o'clock. Yeah. And, and still today. Yeah. Yeah. Which was always, and you'd always kind of like coming from school and you're like, I hate it's the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. You know. This is from his 1983 album. Oh, 83. That's right. So it was in the 80s. Yeah. The ever popular tortured artist effect. That's the name of the the LP. I don't hate that title. (laughs) I I don't. It's not a bad title. It sounds like he's taking the piss out of himself a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, sorry for born to synthesize. (laughs) Yeah. Apologies. This is a cool life performance. This is straight up weird. The song. It's a weird song. Yeah, that he just I feel like he's just like, I got I got a song, it's called uh, Bang the Drum. Yeah. It's just gonna be that. But it gets used for like uh commercials for vacations yeah, exactly. and barbecues and yep. dad stuff. I mean, yeah, this is a dad thing. This and, is this is a dad's going, hey guys, it's summer. Yeah. And it's like goofy dad humor. Yeah. Yeah. I don't wanna work just wanna bang on the gym. But this reminds me of my childhood of just listening to Rock radio in Cleveland, yeah, and this would come on at five o'clock. I mean, it's an anti-work song. It's real working class. Yeah, very, very. This is very Cleveland. Very Cleveland. I mean, it's it's about being. It's about loving playing the drums, but really, the message that makes it popular is that I don't want to work. Yeah, exactly. Do you reckon? I want to say. Do you recognize the the background singers? Do you know who they are? No. You don't know Flo and Eddie? No. You don't know who Flo and Eddie I are? I don't know Flo and Eddie. But Mark Bowman and Howard uh, Kamen, I think his name is? No. They were, you know, the Turtles, Happy Together? Yes. That's them. Oh, okay. Yeah, that no was their way. band. All and right. then later, they're called Flo and Eddie because they were members They were members of the Mothers of Invention, the Fred okay. Zappa, yep. after the Turtles. And uh, I don't know why they called Howard Eddie, but Flo is short for the Fluorescent Leech, which was his name in the Mothers of Invention. Oh, boy. The Frank Zappa stuff. But Yeah, Frank Zappa stuff, yeah. exactly. But they uh, they did a lot of session work as singers, and oh, they wow. worked with Todd Rundgren. That's impressive. Yeah, like I don't know anything else but the the chorus to the song. Like everyone, like I, I know the verses like, to the song. I don't know. I know every word. I don't know any of it. Do you remember when we talked about "Da Da Da" by Trio? Mm-hmm. Probably in a grab bag. Yeah. And I mentioned that the first mix CD I ever made when I was in high school, and the first friend of mine I knew who had like the first CD burner. Mm-hmm. I just gave him a list of songs that I wanted, and he yeah. made me a mix CD. I put this on. Okay, yeah, I like this song. This is this is. Uh, it makes me think of the weekend. Yeah, yeah. But it's better than uh, working for the weekend. It's better than working for the weekend, but not as good as GQ's uh, um, Friday night. <laughs> good quality. Good quality. I like his like uh, blousy silk shirt. Yes, very eighty. Very eighty. Yeah, it is. Again, it is a weird, like, this is the guy that did Hello, It's Me. Yeah. Like. And Born to Synthesize. Yeah. And Couldn't I Just Tell You. And produced the New York Dolls. Yeah. Like, you take all of that out and just leave this, and he's a novelty act. Yeah. Which yeah, is this weird. Is, this is like a novel. This could have been a weird novelty one-hit wonder. Yeah. If it weren't Todd Rundgren. If it weren't Todd, yeah, which yeah. is fascinating. I just want to point out Howard, uh, was it Cayman? Something like that. From... Flo and Eddie. How old do you think he is looking at him there? I would say late 50s. He's my age here. Oh, good lord. He's 36. Written now. Just premature gray. Wow. Yeah. They both are. They're both 36 here. This is 1983. They were born. Yeah, that's right. They're the same age as Todd Rundgren. I am way older than them now. (laughs) Wow. If you go prematurely gray, that's cool. And if you grow a beard and your hair sort of long, also cool, but you got to know that you're going to look way older than yeah, you are. Yeah, you got you got to accept that people will be like, oh, you're 50, right? Yeah. You can't get mad at like, no, I'm 36. Like, well, <laughs> that's on you, bro. Yeah. 
Uh, and we got to see him play drums, too. Yeah, I found more recent live clips of Todd Rundgren doing this song, and he still pulls out the, the, the snare and the, and the uh, uh, hi-hat cool. to, to play exactly that way just for this song. Uh, he also covered his own song again because he re-released this on an album in the 90s, except it's called Bang the Uke All Day, and it's a ukulele song. Oh, Todd. He makes a lot of decisions, he, and, they, and they're not really, all good ones. Yeah. But it's the same thing. He's trying different yeah. things. He's, he's always like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Whatever happens, the type happens. of artist who's just going to do the same thing over and over Because he could have been that guy who's like, yeah, I'm just going to do Hello, It's Me forever. Yeah. And he didn't. He, oh. In fact, he, he just moved away from Certainly it. didn't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's talk about another band I'm surprised to have learned that he produced. Yeah. I had no idea until I looked it up. Yeah. And then I was like, he produced the psychedelic first? The, yeah. Which that's bizarre now unlike the new york dolls he was a fan of the psychedelic first oh okay cool yeah who you know they were sort of a post-punk almost goth yeah. kind of uh british band yeah and when they got him uh steve lillywhite produced their first few albums i think it was steve lillywhite uh but then they wanted they wanted to mix things up a little bit so they got todd rundgren to produce this album okay. and like their fans were like sell out <laughs> yeah <laughs> rundgren is way too like pop and he did sort of give their sound a little bit more of a pop sheen, but he also gave them a big fucking hit. Yeah. Love My Way. Love My Way. Is, yeah. Great song. This is, uh, but this is them doing Love My Way live on a Spanish rock oh, wow. TV show. What year? Is this uh, the 80s? Still? This is 84. Oh, okay. So this is from the show La Edad de Oro. Well. Which I think Oro is I? I don't know Spanish. Yeah, I don't. I should. I took a few years of it in high school, but I also took six years of piano. <laughs> so Look where you are today. Yeah. Turns out when you don't care about the thing you're learning, it doesn't stick. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> when you're learning it under duress. Yes, when you're forced. You don't absorb it. Yeah, so. I can't believe that he produced Love That Way. Which yeah. is just, I mean, it's great song. Great song. I like the I like stuff though first. I like their I like their sellout stuff. I'm fine with all of it. Oh, they would have gone pop anyway. It yeah. was the 80s, and, yeah. and Todd Rundgren isn't the one who had them do uh, Pretty in Pink. Yeah. Yeah, everyone gets real mad at that. And I'm like, fuck you, the Pretty in Pink uh, soundtrack version's better. People get mad at what? Because Pretty in Pink is... Uh, there's two versions of Pretty in Pink. Oh, because they redid it they for redid the soundtrack? They redid it for the soundtrack. Oh, I don't get mad at yeah. that. Yeah, because John Hughes was inspired by the original version. Yeah. They redid it for the soundtrack. And I was like, oh, it's great. It's got a saxophone in it. It's awesome. He couldn't more want to be David Bowie. Yeah. Like, he could not yes. more want to... Actually, yes. Bowie almost produced this album. They tried really? to get a few other... Bo, Bowie wanted to produce it, but he was like... He had another commitment. He was producing some other thing. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Todd Rogers a good uh, runner-up. Yeah. I mean, you would, there's nothing in this that says... This is Todd Rundgren. Yes, there is. <laughs> you know who sings backup vocals on this song? Is it Todd Rundgren? Flo and Eddie. No. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. At the end, the ooh, yeah. that's Flo and Eddie do the do yeah. those those touches. Their story was like Todd Rundgren calling me because he just worked with them a lot. Yeah. And they were, you know, the Turtles were a band, and Flo and Eddie put out albums of their own, but they also just sort of worked as studio singers. Yeah. And when Todd was making the album, he, he brought them in, and they were kind of like, oh, this is cool, whatever, and they were listening to the music, and they're like, great, great work, Todd. And he was like, <laughs> he was like let me play you, he's like, this is going to be the single. And he's like, I already mixed it, and he played Love My Way for them, and, and they were both like, oh, we got, this is the hit, we have to be on this one. Wow. So they were like, we have some ideas. <laughs> so Oh, that's cool. So they did the, uh, the background of it. The Furs were not like in love with... Flo and Eddie working on the album. Oh, I'm sure they're like, what are these turtles doing <laughs> yeah. there? These fucking old guys. This but, old guy who's 36. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. I saw the uh, Psychedelic Version concert about two or three years ago. Oh, really? They, it was it was, a, it was Psychedelic Furs and um, uh, B-52s. Oh, holy shit. I would concert. love that concert. It was a good concert. Yeah. Was that, Were they that, good? They were good, except it's like just two of them now. Oh, okay. And then, and then, and then, like two other people. But they were sounded great. I mean, they're one of those bands where the front man is, is yeah, the, you know, that's who you're yeah. They sounded, they sounded great. Yeah. B fifty two sounded even better. The second first, 
they came in, did six of their hits, and were like, good night, B-52's coming up next. Yeah. The Furries, I never did a deep dive. I know if I did, I'd like them, but I basically know the hits. Yeah, and I love the hits. And, and Love My Way makes me think of the soundtrack for uh, The Wedding Singer, which is how I first oh, heard it. Oh, is it on there? When I was in high That's school. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, Love My Way just is like, just general high school. It's a great... Yeah, it's a great song. 80s uh, classic. Yeah. I can't believe that Todd Rundgren produced it and Flo and Eddie do background vocals. That's so weird. <laughs> I, n- I never would have thought that this was. Rundgren. Yeah. He does it all, man. That's yeah. the whole point. You know, and, and as opposed to, because, you know, having covered other producers, like, you know, there's a Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis sound. There's yeah. not a Todd Rundgren sound. No. He's just... A like huge talent who can yeah. produce anybody. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this could have been produced by any producer. Yeah, and it would have been like, oh wow, that's great. But the fact that this is the guy that did the Born to Synthesize <laughs> is insane. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm like Bowie, but with Bob Dylan's I'm, hair, circa blonde on blonde. A little different. I got a little. Yeah. Michael Hutchins in there as well. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, okay, uh, I mentioned XC- XTC. Let's watch an XTC clip because I like XTC. Todd Rundgren produced their album Skylarking in 1986. That's the one with Dear God. Yes, it is. Yeah, which I pointedly didn't pick because I can't stand that song. I. It's okay. The two. XTC songs that I love. I, I, I don't think Rat Todd Roman did them. I don't think it's on Skylarking. Is it uh, The Mayor of Simpleton? That's on Oranges and Lemons okay. from 1989. I love that one. That and, was the, their big pop hit in the U.S., yeah. And then the other one is uh, King for a Day. I think that's also on Oranges uh, and probably. Lemons. Probably. Those I love. I like XTC more on paper than I actually like them. Oh, really? And Andy Partridge... I want to beat up Andy Partridge. Is he he precious? No, he's pretentious. Okay. And a nerd. And I just want to... You're a nerd! I just want to clobber him. And and my favorite XTC songs are Collins anyway. Because he's... You know, Andy Partridge is the genius in the band who writes all the songs. But Colin writes like one song per album, and a couple of those were hits. And oh, those okay. are the ones that you probably know. Making plans for Nigel. Yes, Colin wrote that oh, okay. one. Okay, okay, that's one of my favorites. And you might know "Life Begins at the Hop." No, well, that's my favorite XTC okay. song, and Colin wrote that one. All right. So I didn't do "Dear God," even though that's the big hit from yeah. Skylarking, because it's not even musically that I don't like it. It's just the whole like smug atheism of it is just so like college freshman like. God, if you were real, you wouldn't be so good. Just, I hate that song wow. so much. And it starts off with the kid. Girl, I don't like that part. I think it's a boy, but it is a child. Oh, you're right. Yeah, voice. that's right. And I, this is going to sound really like cynical, but I can't stand the sound of children singing. Hey, you or laughing. Or like having <laughs> or fun. enjoying life. Yeah. Being free. But I hate that song. So I found sort of an obscure music video for a different song from Skylarking. Which isn't a lot better, mm-hmm. but it's different and it's a little jazzy. And I thought oh, okay. maybe Kirk will like maybe. this. It's called oh, the title of it. You though. hate this title. I hate the title so much. The man who sailed around his soul. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, yeah. That does. I mean, XTC is sort of like a, a a pop art rock band, but they're not like prog. But that's a real proggy song title. Well, uh, XTC. The best way for me to describe it, XTC was beloved by all my male friends in the theater department in high school. That makes sense. They yeah, they're, they're a music nerds band yeah, for sure. It, yeah. I'm more of like a talking heads guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's play this. Yeah, I don't think I know. Oh, it's jazzy. It is jazzy, yeah. What year is this? 86? 86. It's almost like a Joe Jackson song. Yeah. Now, Todd Rundgren and Andy Partridge hated each other. <laughs> what a shocker. Hated each other because they're both control freaks. Oh, yeah. And the reason that Todd Rundgren produced this album is because Andy Partridge is like almost agoraphobic. They, I've heard that. Like, he won't perform. They didn't tour a yeah, lot. Yeah, they would not tour. Um, because he was just like 
painfully yeah. uh, introverted, so he didn't like to perform live. But the result of that was they took forever to record their albums because he was such a perfectionist in the studio. Yeah. And their albums kept getting taking longer and longer to make and getting more and more expensive to make and selling less and less. Oh, okay. So the studio was like, let's get Todd Rundgren, the guy with the New York Dolls in the shade. Yeah. Because they were like, we know that Todd's a taskmaster. Yeah, he'll get it down. And he'll he get won't, it done. He won't tolerate any of Andy's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh... And he didn't, and so Andy didn't like him. Yeah, didn't right? come to that. And 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 Todd was like, "Let's come on, like let's get this shit done." Yeah. And Andy's like, "Yeah, I'm trying things." <laughs> so, <laughs> so they totally butted heads, but in a way where it's like you know when they talk about it in retrospect, they don't disrespect each other. Yeah. But they were just never going to work. Yeah. Well together. There was never going to be a second and third collaboration album with them. Right. Them. But yeah. also Skylarking by a lot of XTC fans is considered their like masterpiece. Yeah, I know a lot of people who love that one. Yeah, which yeah. is also sort of the inevitable result of two perfectionist geniuses butting heads to create something together. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, of course it came out great. Yeah, of course. Like, it's two geniuses doing their best. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't hate this at all. It's good. It's a yeah. little bossa novi. Yeah, I thought you might yeah. like this track. Yeah. Like and I, I just couldn't, video. I just couldn't with dear God. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still a bigger fan of Mayor of Simpleton and uh, yeah, that's a good one. King of Wishful Thinking. No, wait, that's Go West. Uh, King for a day. He just looks like that nerd in high school who would come to school dressed that way. <laughs> yeah, and, and knows everything, and knows that he knows everything. The sailor's cap and the yeah. scarf, but like. Carries a briefcase instead of a backpack just because <laughs> that kid, that guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, even this video in and of itself, they're on a freaking chessboard dancing. Yeah, it's, it's pretentious. Yeah. I like their early stuff when they were way more like new wavy. Oh, okay, I don't. More. I didn't really know them until uh, I guess probably. Dear, I thought Dear God was later. Dear God was eighty six. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I guess. Uh, and then yeah, eighty seven. So, but and then I knew of uh, their later stuff. Yeah. Well, because they weren't as big in the U.S. until yeah. uh, Mayor Simple. That's what it was, yeah. Have you ever heard This Is Pop? That's their like first single or from their first album? No, but it sounds familiar. But yes. It might be just because of all my theater nerd friends who are like, yeah, Ecstasy Skylark. You know? I had a friend back in Providence who, that was her favorite band, Ecstasy. She loved yeah. Andy Partridge. Uh, Again, though, no, it, it's one of those, that's Todd Rodenberg, that jazz song, is, it's crazy. Yeah. Just everything, man. Mm-hmm. I want to say, just as one final note, uh, to Andy Partridge's credit, he also hates Dear God. (laughs) Does he? Yeah, because even he thought, like, the lyrics were too trite and he thought it was stupid. And they didn't put it on the album originally. Oh. But they did release it as a single. Yeah. And then the single was such a hit that on subsequent pressings of the album, they swapped it in for one of the other songs. Oh. Interesting. And, and then in later years, CD releases have both songs. Okay. So, but the original pressings of Skylarking doesn't have Dear God. Dear God. Because oh, Andy, Andy didn't want it included because he thought it sucked. <laughs> and he was right. Well, good for him. But yeah. it was a big hit. Yeah. So he's like, well, uh, let's post uh, posthumously. Let's put it back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, we have one clip left. All right. Uh, when I was in high school, I had... A chemistry teacher. I won't name her because I'm going to disparage her a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Good. Um, she was an amazing person and I loved her a lot personally. She was very entertaining. Mm-hmm. She was a wonderful woman. She's She had like a lot of edge to her. She was my type of person. Mm-hmm. She was very like theatrical and she was a singer. But she was a chemistry teacher. And I struggled with chemistry yeah. so much that I thought she was a bad chemistry teacher. Oh, okay, yeah. Awesome lady. Yeah. Bad chemistry teacher for me. Yeah. She would spend too much time entertaining us, and everyone was like, we love you! And I was like, I still don't know how to balance equations. I do. I go to Yeah. I got D's. Oh, it was wow. like my worst class in high school. Yeah. Um, but I remember her telling me, before I really even knew who Todd Rundgren was, that mm-hmm. like one of her favorite albums was his 1985 album, Acapella. Okay. Which is all acapella. <laughs> no. Which sounds worse than it is. Yeah. Because it is a, a lot a fully orchestrated album, mm-hmm. but 
there are no instruments. Everything is his voice or like hand claps, percussion that he's oh. doing with his body, and like multi, multi, mm. multi, multi, multi tracks. Okay. So there's no actual instruments on it, and it's really cool. Okay. Yeah. This could be cool because this could be similar to Take Six. Yeah. Well, what we're Gosselin. actually going to watch is a segment from a 1985 episode of Entertainment Tonight. Uh. Where they're talking about Todd Rundgren making this album and interviewing him about it. Tonight. So this is a little TV magazine clip called uh. The Always Innovative Todd Rundgren Releases Acapella. Uh, and the great part about this clip is it's also going to it's going to start with a couple of like coming up on Entertainment Ooh, I Tonight. I love that. I love and that. They're going to preview the movies they're going to talk about oh, in this, this episode. Is exciting. So this is uh, this is December 1985 Entertainment Tonight. <laughs> Grin and oh, spies like us. Movie role, a kick in the head. How does Todd Rundgren manage so many images with one voice? Are Tina Turner and Brian Adams in harmony? <laughs> Entertainment Tonight bundles up for Tuesday, December 3rd. I love how they don't know yet how much Spies Like Us sucks. <laughs> oh, it's <they're> so bad. <laughs> Such a dumb movie. Simple as pie. Oh. It's pre ET. Oh! Oh, that dude. Record producer, video wizard, Todd Rundgren, when we return. This will give you a sense of how advanced he was in terms of technology, too. Because he's yeah. going to show you the equipment he used to, to make the album. I'm amazed that Entertainment Tonight did a piece on Todd Rundgren. I mean, he's yeah. not a major star. I don't know. Bang the Drum All Day just came out two years ago. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's, that's legit. I'm very hard. Todd Rundgren is one musician who's never traveled the same road twice. In the 70s, he found chart success with such hits as Hello, It's Me, and We Gotta Get You a Woman. Rundgren fans stayed loyal, greeting each new project with open arms and ears. Now reports Bobby Columby, Rundgren is getting back to basics with the help of a computer. I love anchor voice. Oh, I love it. It's progressively ahead of his peers, Todd Rundgren has just released Acapella, his most unique album yet. Okay, so this is all his voice? Yes. And modulated through a computer, though, but still. Yes. It's very new wavy too. Yeah. Wow. It's not bad. This is just computers. Wow. Okay. But it's computers in 1985. Yeah. That's a lot of fucking work. Yeah. Never in a million years would I think this is not instruments. No, it's just him using his voice. Wow. And, and, you know, singing bass parts and singing, you know, uh, counter melodies and then pitching it with the computer. This is so much better than Born to Synthesize. Yeah. <laughs> like, I legit like this. Yeah. The entire album was recorded with just two instruments, Todd Rundgren's voice and a sophisticated digital sampling device called the emulator. Wow. The manner in which I uh, used this on the album was something like this. Microphone. Look at that computer. Sophisticated by 1985. Yeah. But, like... People didn't have home computers. No. This must have, imagine the fortune that this must have cost. So you. much money. Yeah. Put it into sample mode. Put a sample of sound in it. That's what it looks it's like. So old. I mean, we could do this with our phones now. Yeah. But this this equipment must have been uh, tens of thousands. Yeah. Like, this it is, is like. Cutting it. This is cutting edge. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird just to look at it. Yeah, it's not just a Mac. It's yeah. It's the the keyboard is the computer, yeah. and then he's got you know. Picture it, and then you can play the sample sound. This is where I sample it at. Get <laughs> some idea what it sounds like. What you hear is my voice, digitally encoded into bits and bytes and stored inside the instrument. And it will now play it anywhere on the keyboard that I place my hand. Wow. Not a big deal by today's standards, no, but back then, this must have been mind blowing. Yeah. While it's only Rundgren and his emulator in the studio, on stage it's Rundgren and a choir. The choir is used to emulate the emulator. So yeah. he went on tour with the album and it was, he just had. He didn't recreate the sounds with instruments. He just he had re- yeah. an acapella backing group. He is kooky. Yeah. Wow. The idea was to create the impression of a group of That's cool. Yeah. 
kind of wish I could have gone to see that tour. I would have seen this concert. Yeah. Most other artists have engineers well, that suit time. <laughs> to make sure they don't go too far in a specific direction that may hurt them. Are you afraid that could happen to you? No, because <laughs> I do my records to please myself and uh, and not anyone else. So yeah. or to synthesize. Them. Anyway, if it was if it was divergent from my own. <laughs> This song is something to fall back on. I don't hate this. No, it's good. I like it. He is such a different, yeah, weirdo genius. And like I said, I think if most people know Todd Rundgren, they probably just know "Hello, It's Me." Yeah, yeah. Or or bang the drum all day. Yeah, and you wouldn't know any else. I think a lot of people would be surprised to learn that the guy who does "Bang the Drum All Day" is the same guy who does "Hello, It's Me." Oh yeah. Let alone all this other stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's a genius. He's so diverse. Todd Rundgren. That's why we did the episode on it. Well deserved. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the end of the episode. End of Todd. There's so much more Todd I Rundgren. I mean, we, again, we always skim the surface with these guys. Yeah. With these one-off performers. But this, we, oh my God. Yeah. As you can imagine, if anyone is interested in doing some digging, like, yeah. every album he ever made just of his own has its own whole story and like philosophy. He created the first interactive album because I think it was Sony released something in the early nineties called the CDI, which was like a CD player slash video game system. It was a total failure. Yeah. But Todd Rundgren made a whole album just for that. Not surprised just for that platform. Then he's like, no, I got this. I'm going to do this. I know what to do here. Because he's just, he wants to try everything. Yeah. And he wants to be, I mean, he was one of the first guys to dis, uh, distribute music on the internet. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I don't want to say he's underrated. And it's not an underrated. He's, he's underknown and underappreciated. Yes, that's well said. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like people say underrated all the time when they mean underappreciated. Yes, he's underappreciated. Definitely. Yeah. I don't think anyone underrates Todd Rundgren. They just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he does so many different things. You can't pinpoint him, so you're like, oh, it's that guy. You just go, oh, yeah. he does that too? Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole book uh, about him called A Wizard, A True Star. Todd, that's the name of one of his albums. <laughs> oh, okay. A Wizard, A True Star. And the, the book is A Wizard, A True Star, Todd Rundgren in the Studio. And it's very granular about him in the studio. Mm-hmm. Not like the stories behind the songs as much as like how he recorded yeah. things. And that book was written by Paul Myers, Mike Myers' brother, who is oh, uh, who is a musician and writes a lot of like music books. Holy shit! Yeah, so check out that book if you yeah. want to learn more about Todd Rundgren. Look at that! I haven't read it, <laughs> but I want to <laughs> one day, Paul. Yeah, one I can't. Day. I can't say I recommend it as being good because I don't know. Yeah, but knowing what I know about Todd Rundgren, it's probably yeah. interesting as hell. If you if you want to dive deep into the man, sure. Yeah. yeah. But that's it for this episode of Music Raygun. Thanks for listening. Music Raygun is hosted by me, Paul Champanelli. And me, Kirk Pinchon. Our theme music is by Josh McDonald. Our credits music is Raygun by Bad Bad Not Good and Ghostface Killer. If you like our show, please take a moment to rate and review it on your favorite podcast app. It'll help other people find us. And if you know someone who might like Music Raygun, please tell them about it. Because word of mouth is my favorite way for people to share the show. Until next time. See ya! See ya.